1: Hello, I'm Dr. Joe Beam with Marriage Helper. Welcome to Marriage Helper Live. This is a program where we talk about relationships. You can call and ask questions about relationships of any kind if you wish. I don't claim that I have all the answers, but if you call, we'll do our best to help you understand some things, as far as I know, and help to deal with whatever situation you're facing. Now, most of the time when people call this program, because we're well known for dealing with marriages in crisis, people typically call about that a marriage problem. But you can call about any relationship problem that you're dealing with or any relationship question that you're dealing with, such as how do I deal with my daughter or how do I deal with my mom? How do I deal with my... Whatever. It's a relationship program. The way to call us is by calling six five seven three eight three zero eight one two. That's six five seven three eight three zero eight one two. Now That will allow you to listen to the program on your phone, if you wish. And if you want to talk to us, then what you need to do is be sure is when you hear the answer is press the number one. And that puts you in the queue so that our screener talks to you. And that gets you into the line where I can talk to you on the air. Now, I'm (laughs) pointed at the screen over there that I'm looking at. I realize you can't see what I just pointed at. But that's how I know who to talk to next, where they're calling from and what the question is about. So, again, that's 657-383-0812. Just listen if you wish. But if you really want to talk to us, then you press the number one to put you in the queue, and then you'll be introduced to one of our screeners, and we'll talk to you from there. We're going to start by going to Jason in Arizona. And, uh, Jason, can you can you hear me, my friend?
0: Yes, sir. How are you?
1: Fine. Thank you. There's some strange noise going on in the background there. You have Any idea what that yeah, is? Yeah, I'm... Uh...
2: I'm uh, working construction, so I'm stepping out right now to talk to you. I apologize.
1: <laughs> okay, it's quite all right. How can I help you today, my friend?
2: Okay, so um, found Marriage Helper uh, mm-hmm. maybe a month and month and a half ago, and started really implementing a lot of the things you guys are teaching as far as the pies and smart mm-hmm. contact. Um, trying to trying to not do push behaviors with my wife at this time because she's uh, just just uh, beginning mid March filed for the divorce Mm
1: -hmm.
2: now she's not asking for a lot in the divorce and I'm trying to make this Mm -hmm. quick and I apologize Um, that's okay she I mean everything's pretty fair she's not asking for anything with the kids it's equal time with the Mm -hmm. kids Um, Mm -hmm. everything's real fair and so you know one of the things I kind of learned through through marriage helper is to try to extend the divorce time to give it time to calm down Um, Mm -hmm. so one of the things I was able to do is is i basically responded, I don't believe the marriage is broken. And what that does mm-hmm. is it puts us into a reconciliation counseling court, mm-hmm. um, which uh, just upset her to no end. Um, she's furious now. And um, my contradiction is it was almost a push, be- you know, it was almost a push on, on my part on her right. because she had already pretty much said she didn't want counseling. She didn't want anything to do with me. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just an attempt to kind of extend the time, um what do I you know my question for you is what how do I deal with this situation now? I'm I'm trying to make the best okay. of it, but I mean it's like we took five steps backwards right now.
1: I can understand that. If I may ask, why does she want the divorce?
2: Um so in November we had a major major fight um in the evening mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. I through the last few years have been kind of dealing with anger issues. I see. And so this last year was real hard on our, on our relationship. She had a, uh, uh, a shoulder injury that resulted in a few major events. Uh, she found out she was deathly allergic to cortisone shots after her second shot. They found Mm. out that's what it was doing. And then, um, it took them four months through the workman's comp to get her surgery. And then after her mm-hmm. surgery, it was supposed to be a quick recovery. Um, you know, going through counseling, I kind of understand now that, you know, it was a lot more detrimental mentally yeah. to her than the actual injury was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so three months after her surgery, she still hadn't gone back to work, and I was coming home 12-hour days, and I just, you know, I I let my anger get the best of me, and uh, nothing physical but i i you know yelled and i thought you know through my yelling i wasn't like cussing her out i was just basically saying you know i need your help i i you know i can't do it i need you to get off your phone and help me and and uh that that was the night she decided to leave and didn't want anything to didn't want to come back and we have three children And so
1: if i were if i were asking her why do you want out of this marriage in 30 seconds or less what would she say
2: she would say because she's done and um she's afraid of my anger
1: okay so she would feel that she's been controlled is that correct or not yes okay would she feel that she's been abused emotionally yes okay all right now realize that you don't that you have no intention of hurting her but we're talking about now what she feels and by the way thank you for your honesty i appreciate that very much You see, when we talk about trying to extend uh, a divorce, typically... And, and here's the difficulty, my friend, uh, Jason, we have done so many videos and so many podcasts and so many articles that, that sometimes people find one and they don't see them all. We keep trying to c- uh, bring them back together where they make more sense. But typically when we suggest th- uh, thinking about dragging out or making the divorce goes longer, it's when the other person feels that they are madly in love with somebody else and therefore taking more time gives you a better chance of them getting past that relationship. Now, <clears throat> we also talk about, and, and, and uh, forgive me if you have not seen this video or, or run across it yet, because you say a month and a half and we have so much material out there. We typically also suggest, though, if if dragging out the divorce is going to make things worse, then maybe it's not a good idea to drag out the divorce. Now, I'm not telling what you right. did was wrong, but if she already felt controlled and then you did something that she felt was controlling again, then I can see how she would react with that kind of anger. So what do you, I'm assuming that you want to save the marriage. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Then uh, this thing that you have done in the state, I see here that you live in Arizona. So this thing that you have done that's dragged it out, is there any way that if you decided to, you could undo that? In other words, let things go faster if you chose to.
2: Um, and I, I'm trying to understand the whole legalities of it, but, um, Mm -hmm. the, um, judge basically sent a thing saying we would meet up, um, in May to basically discuss the situation where it's at.
1: Okay. Which that's, that's not a very long delay, um. Do you think that she would still hold to the things that she offered before, like she's not being unfair, not being uh, ungracious? you think that – or is she angry enough now that she's going to change her views on those things?
2: Well, um, and I'm sorry, I don't understand what what the question is, that she's not okay, being fair? Was,
1: no, you said she was being fair, that she was being very fair about money, she being very fair about your children. Is I thought that's what I heard. Did I understand that correctly? Yes,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Do you think she'll stay with that? Or is it she's angry now, so she's going to change that? That's what I'm asking.
2: And that's uh, <laughs> that's one of my concerns, honestly. Um, I don't know.
1: Okay. Does she talk to you at all?
2: Yeah, we talk all the time. And that's part of the confusion is, um, like, she called me last week. I'm I'm dealing with one of the marriage coaches, and she mm-hmm. called the my wife called me last week, and she, after kind of all this happened, and she goes, uh, "Your daughter wants her her toy purse." Um, can I go by the house to pick it up? Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was kind of a silly reason to call when you're you're that upset with somebody, you know, I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Did she come back um, She it? also,
2: she went by the, I, I was at work, so I said, that's fine, you know, of, of course mm-hmm. you can do that. Um, mm-hmm. And then she called me this, this Sunday, as a matter of fact, and asked if I could bring her hammock to her mom's house for her.
1: Mm-hmm. So did you see her when you did that?
2: Um so she ended up going out with her mom and then I kept the kids for a little bit longer and I ended up dropping them off where they were they were at like a little uh, art gallery at the at the uh, mm-hmm. uh, university.
1: Okay, so, so did, I just you I saw her for a saw each other? second. Okay. And yeah, I, she I saw there? her
2: for a second giving um, in front of the kids she doesn't she she acts like nothing's wrong.
1: Okay. Now, obviously you, uh, do you have an attorney by the way?
2: I don't exactly. I did talk to an attorney, kind of just to see what my options were. Um, but I didn't mm-hmm. like, you know, keep him, keep him online. And I have talked to him since, kind of discussing okay. if anything, you know, at this point happens, if I could hire right. him on.
1: Okay. And does your wife have an attorney?
2: She didn't, but uh, I kind of found out that she was going to um, get one now.
1: Okay. Because things didn't go as she expected them to go, she's getting an attorney so she can make things go like she wants them to go. Is that kind of what it is? Okay, and that's I did now, ask her that question. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, that's what she. Well, Jason, said. it's up. It's totally up to you as to what you do. But in the situation you're describing, I don't know that it's going to benefit you to drag it out. As a matter of fact, it sounds like it may do just the opposite. Now. You know, you never can tell. You you never know how people are going to react. But again, typically when we suggest the drawing out, we suggest it because of um, people who are in a limited relationship, which apparently she is not. And so here's the suggestion. Now, again, you must do what you think is right for you. And if you want to talk to an attorney first, then feel free to do that because we certainly aren't legal experts in any shape, fashion, or form, I mean, in any state. We are in Tennessee. We certainly don't know anything about the law in Arizona. I would recommend or suggest that you call her and say, look, uh, can we spend 10 minutes talking? Because I've, I've thought about this now. I really do think that the marriage is salvageable. I really would like to put it back together. But I've come to realize that because you thought I was controlling before, that you're perceiving what I just did as being controlling. And I don't want to control. I don't want to control you. And so can we talk about a little bit about what we can do to get this on the track where you don't feel controlled? but at least that you'll acknowledge that i love you and i would like to fix the marriage and but but we're going um, i will be willing to do whatever it takes to prove to you that i'm not being controlled if you were to make that kind of phone call to her and ask for that kind of meeting what do you think she would do
2: um you know that's i don't know she's probably just say you know she's done and she, and that's how she mm-hmm. feels i guess
1: <laughs> but this That'd meeting be about would, not, the would not of it. Okay, but this meeting would be about how do we go from here? In other words, I understand that you felt I was controlling before. I've come to realize that. and then by what, what I said to the judge, you now feel I'm being controlling again, I don't want to control you. Can we meet to talk about that, about what, how can we do how can we deal with whatever comes next without you feeling that I'm controlling you because I don't want to come across that way anymore? So it's not really asking right. her, is she going to save the marriage? It's saying, can we at least talk about what we do next, so that you don't feel controlled by me? You think she'd still just say, I don't want to talk to you, I'm done?
2: Well, that's definitely uh, what I needed to hear from you, and and maybe that's and that's probably what I'm going to do now.
1: That's what I would recommend. But again, I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not an attorney, and so if you right. have any questions about this then, you know, asking an attorney a question might be a great benefit to you. But if indeed at some point you're going to be able to put this back together, it's going to be by demonstrating to her, I love you, I care about you, I don't want to control you. And if you I, can do that, if you can somehow get into that that situation, that area, then that's when the chance of possibly putting this back together someday Actually, may occur. Now, it may not occur right. until after. It may not occur until after the divorce. And I realize because right. you love her, you don't want a divorce. In our world, we see the divorce as being just one of the steps, and that it does not necessarily mean you can't put the marriage back together. What it sounds like right, to like me, like you and your wife. Yeah, exactly. You know, we married again three years later. Now, I'm not saying it should take three years, but if her complaint is you don't listen to me, you try to control me, then dealing with that can go a long way. Now, I'm not guaranteeing right. it will fix things, but it seems to be the right step to me. But again, it's your decision, my friend.
2: Thank you very much, Mr. i I'm glad I finally got to talk to you.
1: Okay. You take care, Jason. All right. Yeah, thank, you. If I can, uh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, Uh, let's see. Put this back over here. Pardon me while I'm looking at my screen, figuring out what to do next here. And so now we're going to go to uh, Jill over in the great state of Texas. Hi, Jill. Can you hear me?
3: Yes, Dr. Beam. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. How may I help you today?
3: Okay. Um, Well, my question is in regards to limerence and long-term affairs. Um, My (laughs) situation doesn't quite seem to Uh, meet a lot of the criteria that I've listened to Mm -hmm. on the podcast about it. A little bit of Mm -hmm. background is my husband and I have been together 25 years, married 14. We have two children, four and eight. Um, I know that he's had a couple affairs while we were very young and still dating and living together, um, Mm -hmm. two that I know of during our marriage. Um, He left because he felt unloved, unliked, unimportant. Um, He left 11 months ago last May via a text message during a business trip. Um, During this time, I Mm. had thought that there had been an affair going on that he would never admit to, um, Mm -hmm. and I thought that it was over. Fast forward, um, the other woman contacted me recently and wanted to meet with me and talk, and since she had been a family friend, I obliged, and um, Mm. she explained that this has been going on roughly off and on for seven years, that he Mm. stays at her house almost every night, um, acts like a dad to her son. Um, She's been on business trips with him that I never knew about. Um, she wanted to break things off with him because she felt, you know, that she has his nights, I have his days. That she would never be able to trust him, um, and that the fact that we're still intimate, um, that obviously didn't mm-hmm. happen because I, they, they're still, still going at it. Um, he has watched the reluctant spouse video and seemed slightly mm-hmm. interested in it. He started watching mm-hmm. or listening to some of the marriage helper information on his own. Um, he mm-hmm. had seen a therapist, which he doesn't really see anymore, but he he told me in one time, and I don't quite know what it means, that he said, I don't think I've ever been on the other side of limerence. His therapist had suggested that maybe he talked to someone about addiction because it always seems like he has some vice when things are rough in his life, Um, whether Mm. it be his hobby, his job, um, drinking, sex. Um, So I don't know if I'm dealing with a limerent addict, and I don't know if how... Is this still limerence since this has been going on for off and on for seven years, and now he seems to be in the throes of it, and then he pulled back to me, and then he pulled back to her? Can you give me some insight maybe on my situation?
1: Well, we can talk about it now. So obviously I can't diagnose your husband. You, you understand that. But we can definitely yeah. talk about this. Uh, You see, when we talk about limerence, and and apparently you've seen a lot of our stuff and you know a lot about it. So let me just hit another highlight or two, if I may, or you may already be familiar with this. People in limerence um, spend up to 85% of their waking time thinking about the LO. In other words, they become obsessed with that person. Do you, as far as you know, think that he is obsessed with her at this point?
3: Um, During our separation, I don't really know he's kept his life quite private, but from the things that she has told me, um, yes, I do. He, She told me that when our second child, when I w- became pregnant, he denied it, said it was an accident, that we weren't trying. She drove off. He chased her down the highway, made her pull over, um, gets very jealous mm. when he thinks she's speaking to someone else. This is coming from the mm. other woman, so I'm not really sure who to believe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How long ago was it when you had this visit with her?
3: About three weeks ago.
1: Okay. So relatively recently and up until that point, was he still uh, being intimate with you up until then?
3: Yes. He vilified me very much in the beginning. Um, You know, he did file for divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. He never served me or, you know, gave me any waivers. He would just call Mm -hmm. me at work and tell me you need to, you need to file your answer. You need to file your answer. You did this. Um, Then as months went on, we began to talk. We, we, Mm-hmm. He wasn't so angry at me. Wanted to know why I couldn't love him during our marriage. I begged you, why didn't you just love me? Um, we started to become intimate, and then you know it goes back and forth. He's, who are you seeing? Um, I'm not seeing anyone. Um, you mm-hmm. know, why did you do this? We've had good talks and we've had bad talks. It seems like he bounces back and forth.
1: Okay, and so he's jealous of you as well, then. I'm sorry. He's jealous of you. If he's asking you questions like, who are you seeing, then he's jealous of you yes. as, as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if I may ask, how often were you or have you been intimate?
3: Um, pretty much every week or every two weeks for the last several months.
1: Okay. It does not sound like full-fledged limerence. Now, typically limerence, if you look at the stats, the statistics on it, limerence typically go somewhere between uh, three months and forty eight months, most of them end by around twenty four months okay uh, if you if you were kind of like at a curve for example over here on, on the short side of the or the beginning side of the curve, I should say would be the three months and some don't last any more than that at the middle or top of the curve, then would be about 24 months. And on the far side would be about 48 months. Now that does not mean that there cannot be statistical outliers. A statistical outlier basically says it occurs, but it is so rare that it occurs that we really can't count it. Therefore it's called an outlier. And so is there a possibility a person could be in it seven years because it's an outlier, the possibility, yes, exists. But what sounds interesting about this thing, again, you know, you're having to guess whether or not she's telling you the truth. But what sounds interesting about this is the fact that he seems still to be very jealous of you while at the same time apparently being jealous of her. And um, when you were around him, do you think that you see any signs that he was obsessively thinking about her?
3: Mm, No, not obsessively thinking about her, but I do know that he has one phone, which is his work phone, and he hides it constantly. It never comes out. You never see it, which is odd for him because he's glued to that phone because of his job positions.
1: Yeah. But, Jim, when a person person is involved in something he or she shouldn't be, it's certainly not uncommon or even unusual that the person would hide anything that might – give away the evidence. That does not necessarily mean it's limerence. It could, that could be an affair. That's not a limerent affair. This woman, based on her conversation with you, that's when she said that she was going to break it off with him. Is that what I heard you say?
3: Yes. She wanted to break it off with him because she wouldn't be able to trust him. Um, This, that he loves us both for different reasons that um, she has his nights. I have his days. She Mm -hmm. tried um, from my understanding, but um, I, It's been brought to my attention That he's been back over at her house um, When he doesn't call me over the weekend Or text me It's been a pretty good determining factor That he's spending that time with her
1: yeah, probably so. I, I I don't think this is limerence, but you understand I can't make that diagnosis. Limerence has a lot to do with fear. A fear has uh, the fear because there's a decrease in serotonin in the brain, and the fear has to do with I'm not going to wind up with this person, so they wind up obsessing, and a lot of their thinking is about the future with this person, like. Uh, it much, much, much of what they're thinking is about what it's going to be like. What are we going to be like when we're together? Now, they do some thinking about what they have done so far, but most of their thinking is about the future, fantasizing about what it's going to be like, that kind of thing. And then they begin to have some kind of physical manifestations. Um, for example, they become hyper vigilant, watching the other person for his or her reactions. And so in this case, he would be hyper vigilant watching her, so that if she seemed to be positive toward him, he would kind of go into an ecstasy stage. If she seem to be negative toward him, then he would go into a depressed kind of stage. And and sometimes people feel that, like chest pains and stomachs messed up and things like that. What it more sounds like to me than limerence is that, that it's almost what she said, that I've got certain things I've got being fulfilled here and certain things I have being fulfilled here, I don't want to let go of either one of them. Now, have you read or listened to anything that we've said so far about what we call the valley? Yes. Okay. It sounds like he's in a valley. Now, he may or may not be in limerence with her. I don't think he is. But basically, the the real issue, it sounds to me... And and of course, forgive me if I'm wrong. I can only refer back to what you say. But it sounds to me that he's in this valley in the sense that he has a relationship with her, which is fulfilling something in him. But he also has a relationship with you, which is also fulfilling something in him. And and because he doesn't have to make a decision. He doesn't. And so even if she put the pressure on him saying, we're going to end this because I can't trust you and you're going to be with her, et cetera, then that may have veered him a little bit like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do now? But if if he got her to pretty quickly settle that, you know, back off of that, then then he'd still be in the valley. So the question becomes. Can you tolerate this for a while longer or are you finally up to the point where you're saying this is destructive and I can't do this anymore?
3: I believe in my marriage, so I'm I'm in it for the long
1: haul. Okay. Now understand we recommend and suggest. Of course it's always your decision, but what we suggest is it's it's somehow beneficial. It's not beneficial. It's at least tolerable if you let a person who is in the valley stay in the valley without making something that means, that means it has to change if, if you're making progress. In other words, if there's, if there's any way that you are increasing your relationship with him because you're talking to each other more, whatever it might be, then sometimes it's okay to let people stay in the valley. It's still painful, but it's because you're making progress. You're actually going somewhere. It's when the valley actually has gone on and keeps going where there's no progress at all for you that we start suggesting you may need to make a decision that's going to stop that valley thing. Now, making such a decision is, is a kind of a dangerous thing because when you say, for example, if you were to build a stop, that's a safeguard that offers protection, and you said, okay, here's a stop. You can't do this anymore and come see me or be involved with me, and if you're going to do that, I'm going to do this then the danger in that is that it may actually push him toward the other person. But at the same time, if he really wants to be in the relationship with you and that stop is going to make him lose something that's important to him, then sometimes it can actually not immediately, typically, but with a little time start pulling him closer and closer to you. But there's the danger. The stop could pull him back towards you, Or the stop could actually push him further toward her. And that's why it's always a matter of, if you're a religious person praying for wisdom, it's always a matter of checking your own gut. Because nobody can tell you how to do this because nobody knows him as well as you do. Now, if you're thinking, okay, I'm going to let it stay like this for a while longer because I think we're making progress, then I would go, I get that. That makes sense. I know it hurts, but that makes sense because you're trying to rescue this guy. What you've already told me, though, is that this guy has an addictive personality. Is that correct?
3: That's what he told me his therapist said.
1: Okay. What do you think, based on having lived with him and known him for all these years?
3: I think that that's highly possible.
1: Okay. So it may be that what he is with her is not love, but actually an addiction. Not a limerence addiction, but an addiction to This is where I go to find some kind of peace of mind and, and forgive me for taking so long, I'm going to try to do this a little bit faster. But like, for example, if you ask an alcoholic who has been to AA enough to understand himself, if you say, why do you drink? He says, because I like the way it makes me feel. Now you think, oh, that means you would like to be high. Well, that's probably part of it because otherwise they'd be addicted to something else. But really what they mean is when I'm doing this, I don't hurt. Now People can find various addictions. They can find the chemical addictions like alcohol or drugs. People can find other addictions like being a workaholic, but like being on stage because when they're performing. People can also become addicted to, here's a person that's fulfilling certain things for me, and when I am with this person, I don't have to deal with real life. That's what we mean when we say, I like the way it makes me feel. When I'm with this person, I don't have to deal with real life. And so a person can become an addiction as well. Now, while limerence has addictive qualities, limerence is not technically an addiction. While limerence has qualities of obsessive compulsive disorder, it is not technically OCD. And what may be going on here is that he is actually an addict and she is now his drug. I'm not saying I know that. I'm just going off what you told me so far. Now, if that's the case, and I can't tell you it is, but if that's the case, then the valley probably will stay a long time in the valley because I keep going back to this because it's the way I escape reality. Does that make any sense to you whatsoever?
3: Yes, sir. It sure does.
1: Okay. I'm not telling you what to do, but if indeed is an addict, have you ever been on our website and found the thing we have about intervention? Yes. Okay. Intervention can't be done by the spouse. It can only be done by people who are very close to the person that the person respects. Is there anybody in his world that would intervene and say, this is wrong, you've got to stop doing this, you need to do what's right, that he would respect?
3: Probably not. Most people um, don't really want to get involved.
1: Yeah, that's true, and that's just so (laughs) blooming sad. breaks my heart. Jill, I can't tell you what to do here. I am telling you that in my opinion, it does not sound as if it's limerence. It sounds as if it's an addiction, but I can't guarantee you that. You know, we're just having a quick conversation here, but that's what it sounds like. And so maybe as you think about it, you might want to consider how would I deal with this addiction if he were drinking or if he were doing something else? How would I deal with that then? But it's just my guess, my friend. I don't know this for sure. I'm guessing.
3: I understand. Um, real quick, he one mm-hmm. of the things that he said is that I never loved him, um, and he hates that he always has to be the one to reach out to me because I've been practicing smart contact. I respond when he does um, or when he reaches out to me, but he says that he hates that he has to be the one to reach out to him. Um, however, in the meantime, over the last couple of days, he said um, – He ran into somebody at the store that we know. They know all the personal details about our situation. Mm -hmm. He has said this several times that I'm running his name through the mud and I'm sitting back and smiling about it. I said, you know, hey, listen, I stand everything to lose and nothing to gain by doing that. Yes, we have three mutual friends that are my girlfriends that we've all known since high school, 20 plus years. I did go Mm -hmm. to them in the beginning because my world came crashing down. Um, Mm -hmm. At this point, I don't know why 11 months in anybody would go to him and say, Oh, Hey, I know what's been going on. You're having an affair. (laughs) So um, at this point, I don't know if I should reach out to him and he did send something to me today that I chose not to respond to um, Mm -hmm. saying, you know, Oh, sit down and talk. Why would I want to do that? So you can continue to run my name through the mud. No, thanks. So I just didn't respond to that. So I'm not really sure because we had gotten so close and now
4: Mm -hmm.
2: She's pulling
3: away again, I guess, in a sense, vilifying me. Yeah. So I'm not sure what to go, how to move forward with that.
1: It's very difficult when the other person's accusing you of things that you're not doing. And sometimes, sometimes reaching out to that person can be the wrong thing to do because it's like now you're feeding what they're doing. But again, uh, there's just so many details going on here. I wish I I knew more. I could (laughs) help you more. But it sounds to me like you're a strong woman. It's obvious that you love this guy. And I hope that very, you find very out much. what is right. Very much. You might want to consider look, um, creating a stop warrant, too. But that's totally up to you, my friend. I do wish you well. And I, I wish you great wisdom in deciding what to do.
3: Well, thank you. I, I greatly appreciate everything that you do.
1: Thank you very much. You take care, Jill. Okay. I took... Uh, twice as long on that call, uh, Jesse. So Jesse's our producer who's over here looking at me like staring daggers at me. Like, do you know how many people out here are waiting? There's 37 people waiting to talk to you and you just talked to uh, a person a lot longer. Jill, I hope it helps. I'm not begrudging you the time, but I'm going to move a little faster here. I'm going to need to because we only have X number of time on here. And so we're going to go to Marvin from North Carolina. Hi, Marvin. How can we help you? How may we help you today?
4: Uh, yes, sir. My name is Marvin. I'm from North Carolina. I'm calling in regards to my marriage. Uh, my wife and I have been separated now for seven months. She moved out. Um, we have we have two young children, five and nine. Um, mm-hmm. Her issue is she felt like that we didn't we lived separate lives and there was anger issues. Uh, she's from Turkey and I'm from America. Um, mm-hmm. And we had some financial issues that was a problem right now. And mm-hmm. now she doesn't now she doesn't understand how we can get back together once we've gone through this process of separation and we got child custody hearing on Wednesday and she just doesn't believe things can never get better.
1: Okay. All right. I missed a sentence. I missed a sentence right up there just a minute ago, Marvin. Okay. But just before you said about getting back together, what did you say? I didn't hear it. I missed it.
4: Uh, She just doesn't believe that things will ever be able to change for the better that, uh, Mm
1: um, And if I were to ask yes, her, her why, if I were to ask her why she wants out of the marriage in 30 seconds or less, what would she say?
4: Anger and disconnection.
1: Okay, that her anger or your anger?
4: Well, it's my anger. i we well, she has anger issues, but she doesn't. She's she is not um, accepting any any of her faults, and I don't try to bring those up for her to, to remind her. Uh, but she would say, you know, I would dismiss her. Her feelings or her thoughts on certain things and that we, uh, you know, I have said in the past, uh, you know, you just married me for a green card just out of anger the way I was feeling at the time. Um, mm-hmm. but I've, I've been working on those issues and she knows I have, um, she mm-hmm. just doesn't feel like she feels. Like she comes back to marriage to be the same thing because
1: okay, so kind of, if I understand what you're saying, she feels disrespected. She feels she's, a. Uh, being put down. Is that correct?
4: Correct. Not heard and, not
1: uh, to. Okay. And those kinds of situations, it, it does take a little bit more work to put those things back together. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm sure are not saying that we see it. We see it work out all the time, but when a person is convinced of that, they tend to write the other person off, which is what you're telling me she's done to you that she's basically yes. written you off. Right. Right. Okay. Now are the children with her or with you?
4: Uh that we share custody of children right now. Uh we go to court Wednesday, she's hoping to get full custody. I'm and I'm just going for equal rights. I'm not trying to be vindictive or good. Uh I let my I'll let my attorney know that today that I just want equal rights.
1: Right. Okay. And and how does your attorney feel about what's going on?
4: Uh she feels that's probably the best thing for me to do. Um mm-hmm. Because she doesn't feel like okay. being, because she's, she's concerned about my daughter's relationship with her mother.
1: And uh, and, and tell, tell me again how old the kids are.
4: They're five and nine. And they okay. both express that they want they want equal rights or they want to live with me because their mother has been physical with them in her care and and irresponsible in the way she she drives her she drives the car without the kids being bulked up in seatbelts so and letting them do whatever they want. Um,
1: hmm. Okay, so your attorney, you feel good about your attorney she's a she's a warrior she's a gladiator who'll protect you and fight for your rights, those kinds of things yes. yes okay, good okay so she's been gone seven months. What is your specific question about how we might be able to help you today my friend
4: I'm trying to figure out a way to because i've been i guess i've been pushing her i'm trying to figure out a way to reconnect with her and try to help her change her story to um mm-hmm. Because I know there's a lot of good in our marriage, and and we've had some good Mm -hmm. connections, and we've had some times where we did agree and communicate effectively. And I'm just trying to bring that back to her to see that there's hope and change. I mean, our finances have gotten a lot better than they were in the past. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, So I'm trying to figure out a way to do that.
1: Right. And I'm sure by now that you're aware of the fact that you're not going to be able to talk her into that. In other words, if you try to explain to her this and that and the other, she reacts negatively, Correct. Correct. Okay. In a situation like this, it does take a little bit more time because of the fact that you not only have to change your behavior, which you said you've been doing, good for you, but you have to be patient as the other person begins to understand that you truly are changing your behavior. Okay, I have been disrespectful to you. I have put you down on occasion, and there have been occasions when I really didn't listen to you. But now now that I've had this wake-up call, I've come to realize what I was doing before. I'm guessing that when she pointed things out like that to you, that you probably uh, defended yourself or justified what you were doing or explained it away. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. And that's human. I mean, that's, that's what people typically do. And so that's why it takes a little while It's because, okay, even if you say I get it, I understand, then her reaction is going to be, yeah, but I've tried to explain to the SCU on this many occasions and you never did seem to get it. And always was the same thing. You'll never change. And, and so the way that you combat that, the way you fight that is that you, and I know you're not going to want to hear this, but you patiently demonstrate it. Now, because of the fact that you have two small children, you're going to have interactions with each other. And so over a period of time, and it it may be that you wind up divorced before all this works out. Now, again, I know that you don't want to divorce. I don't want you to divorce either. But in our world, divorce is just one of the steps. We we work with many couples who, after the divorce, figure out how to put things back together, so we don't panic when we hear that, but I certainly can understand how it would affect you. Like, oh, my goodness, I don't want that to happen, and I, I don't blame uh-huh. you. I don't want it to happen for you either, but in a situation where the other person feels controlled and dominated, it often is the case that you have to demonstrate over a pretty good period of time, not over weeks but more like months, and sometimes it's many months. And that means that as you continue to have interaction with each other because you have the kids together, that you listen that you pay attention and that you don't point out to her that you're listening and paying attention. in other words, you demonstrate it without, without telling her that's what you're doing so that after a while she begins to notice and not just with her, but this becomes part of the way you interact with people so that other people that might know her and know you, if they're ever having a conversation about it, go, Hey Marvin, I mean, he's doing this now and he's doing that now. And so if you can have the patience there is a possibility of putting this back together it won't be quick and it won't be easy, but it can be done if indeed you're willing to truly listen understand not put her down etc and have the patience to do that for a while can you do that
4: yeah, I sure can I've also uh, mentioned to her your three day workshop and uh, mm-hmm. uh, because we were going to mediation at the time when she first left and I was throwing mm-hmm. that out there as an option. You know, I would give you more rights to children if you consider going to the three-day workshop mm-hmm. now. I guess you just thought not to since you decided to go to trial for the custody. Um, I Maybe. I had not mentioned to her one time before. Go ahead.
1: It, it may be. Uh, have you talked to one of our client representatives here? Have you talked to one of our people?
4: Yes, sir. I'm actually... Uh, I've got one more session with uh, Melody. Um, I've oh, I've got two sessions with her. I was keeping that first okay. session open because my wife said she was going to talk to her, but I think she's right. backed off on that now.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, just keep working with Melody. You know, listen to her. She's got some good advice to help you with there. And But the fact that she's not ready to come to the workshop right now doesn't mean it can't happen later. Even we have divorced couples come to the workshop. So I would say don't push that because right now anything you push is not going to be good. But I surely hope that somehow that works out because I would love to meet you and your wife. I really would.
4: Yeah, I would love to meet you all, too. I think it would help both of us. Um,
1: All right. Okay. Well, uh, use that last session with Melody really well, my friend. And I really hope things goes well for you. I really do. But patience. Patience, okay? All right. You're very welcome, Marvin. Okay. Good to talk to you, my friend. And my producer is pushing me over here now. He's making faces at me and pointing at things. Yeah, just the fact that we have 37, well, actually now only 36 more callers out there. Okay, we'll get to some of them. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me go down there. He's saying, you've got to move, son. Okay, well, let's go. To, oh, this will be fun. We're going to go to uh, fun in the sense that I'm looking forward to this accent. Let me put it that way. And we're going to talk to Andrew from South Jersey. Hey, Andrew, are you there?
0: Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to see if you have the South Jersey accent, man.
0: Oh, I don't know if I have. (laughs) It
1: doesn't Uh, sound like you do. I'll tell you who
0: I did like. I'll tell you what who I did like. Uh, Dave from Alabama, a couple calls ago. Sometimes I listen to your conversation with him. I love. He was like, "Yes, sir. Go ahead." I mean, I just (laughs) loved it, and it actually brings me like some joy through what I'm going through with my wife. I'm I'm 12 years older than she's been. Everything. I mean, I've been li- I've been listening to all your podcasts hmm. like the last three, four, you know, three, four months, and every. I'm like, oh my god, that's what she went through. I mean, I didn't follow for three years. She's been in this affair uh, oh, wow. with a medical doctor at her work, mm-hmm. and he's married. They have kids. We have two kids, two young kids. Wow. And. Like in the beginning, she was compart. Well, she would say, "Well, that doesn't have anything just because I'm talking to him." But I read this. I read her journals and stuff. Like I'm madly in love with him. When I go to bed at night, he, he's who I think about when I get up in the morning. He's the first thing I think about. Like, Mm -hmm. and then the vilification, like no end. Like anything I did, I breathed wrong, or, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. you know the house. The house is dirty. You know, you're not cleaning up. I'm like, well, I just did this. You asked me to do that. Well, this is dirty, and you're not doing that. And you... oh, my God. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know what that's all like, my friend. I really do, except I was the one doing it. I, I did that to my wife back when I was in Limmers with another woman back years ago. So I'm so sorry you're going through this. I really am sorry. So how, may, how can we help you today, Andrew?
0: Well, right now where we are, we're separated for three months. She moved mm-hmm. out. You know, the house is in my name. Uh, mm-hmm. She's on the deed and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. She's been talking about, again, uh, about mediation. Uh, last night she's like, well, we got to figure out what we got to do about the house and, you know, the house and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm scared to go through mediation and refine, possibly refinance to give her. We paid off like 70000 of it. So she but, wants equity. I think get a new house in the same township because her girls, uh, hmm. you know, to keep. Them, well, if I stay there, they'll be going to the same school, same soccer teams, track teams. Uh, so. So the
1: girls. So the girls are with your wife.
0: No, no, it's fifty-fifty, yeah. and I might even have them slightly more. And it's a, it's affecting them. I mean, they love their mom mm-hmm. too. So it's like breaking my heart when yeah my eight year old uh well mommy was supposed to be here last night at five thirty for my mom's birthday party and she didn't get there at the seven and and my wife is in like i don't know how to well Ariana was like saying, oh, the house is dirty or you know sort of what my wife was mm-hmm. saying and then mm-hmm. my wife's like just but she's also saying stuff like about like her family, she's angry about that. Like, uh, you know, because of you two, I don't have a family. But my mm-hmm. wife can hear that right now. Um,
1: mm-hmm. So is she still involved with that position? Twelve years younger than me too. Is she still involved? Is she still is she still involved with that position?
0: this is the thing. Um, I haven't been following it, but since I did have my friend go on hit. The guy's Facebook because he blocked me. I never met him yet, or anything mm-hmm. like that. Because I, I would probably want to punch him in his face. Honestly, I, I just want to mm-hmm. like. I really want to just. I know that I can't do that because uh, it'll cost yeah. me a lot. Yeah, don't. Yeah, um, don't do that.
1: Right. So, I know, you, do you believe? Um, do you believe that she's still involved with this guy?
0: Well, I saw something like she put uh, <laughs> under his Facebook like a heart when there was a picture of him and his two kids. So I know they're Oh, mm-hmm. and then maybe a month ago, we, my daughter was FaceTiming me, and then his name popped up on uh, the FaceTime. So they're still in some – and she's always tried to be still be discreet about it, and I did found out there – she wrote a letter sometime, when I kissed you the first time, it was amazing, and being with you, like, she wrote this as, mm-hmm. like, being a Maserati without him in my life is, like, blah, you know. Okay, so I as far as you know
1: – so as far as you know, she's still involved with this guy. Is he still married?
0: Uh, I don't know. T- I think so. He might have been moved out of his house. I mean, he probably makes a decent amount of money, so he he could afford another place probably okay, easily. Okay, but, but um, she hasn't
1: moved in with him. She's living someplace no, else. She's not no, with no, him.
0: my kids don't. Thank God. My, yeah, my kids don't know anything about him. Okay, uh, and so is your separate. question about...
1: Is your question what to do about the house, is that what you're asking?
0: That, and is there somewhat hope for us? Because her thing is, like you asked the gentleman before us, she just feels like, oh, we're not compatible. And then she would say, we had nothing in common. I had her playing on my soccer team. I would do CrossFit workouts with her. I don't get what she, I'm like, we're very athletic. You know, I played sports. Right. you know, I don't right. get all of a sudden we have nothing in common. I'm like, what? I'm yeah. like, I don't even get. And, and then, I, then I saw in the journal almost what you said. Like, uh, I don't think I was ever in love with him. Me.
1: Yeah. But Andrew, like, these are the kind of things that people yeah. say. When somebody gets into a limit relationship with somebody else, these are the things they say. Like, I don't have anything in common with my spouse. I've, I don't think I've ever been in love with my spouse. I said all those same things about my wife. We have nothing in common. I've never been in love with her. As a matter of fact, she and I went to counseling and, and he adds her to bring some letters I had writ- written her when we were dating. He actually pulled out a letter where I was professing how deeply in love I was with her. And I read it and denied it. I mean, I, was, I denied my own handwriting. So the stuff that she's doing, the things that she's saying, yeah, they don't make sense. They're not logical, but it's not It's not a logical thing she's involved with. She's involved in this extremely intense emotional situation. So therefore, when you say, is there any hope? I would suggest to you, my friend, that when she says things like, I don't know if I've ever been in love with you, or we have nothing in common, I would suggest you just ignore those things. And that's what she feels right now. I wouldn't try to talk her out of it. Like, Oh no, no. Don't you remember this? Don't you remember that? That's not going to do any good. I wouldn't try to talk her out of it. But in, in your own head, what I'm suggesting you do is that when you read things like that, or she says things like that, you go, that's limerence talking. She's not going to feel that same way forever. At some point, this is going to change because limerence inevitably will fade. Now what you want to do is to make sure that in the meantime, You don't give some um, credence to some of these things. What I mean is when a person says like, okay, you've been mean to me, then don't start being mean to them because then they become convinced you've always been mean. So if she's saying we've never had anything in common, I would ignore that. But at the same time, I'd keep doing the things I've always done. I'd be involved in this, that and the other that she used to be involved with. So that when that limerence finally begins to fade, she can see, Back to what the truth really is. So try not to change you in any negative way based on the stuff that she's saying. If you're going to change you at all, become a better version of you, better than you've ever been. Now, so is there hope? Sure there is. Now, I cannot guarantee you that this is going to work out. But the kind of situation you're describing, we deal with that every day every day. And we've seen so many of those couples over time be able to put things back together, work it out, and either get married again if they were already divorced, or if they hadn't been divorced, put the marriage back together. I've even sometimes done ceremonies where I have renewed their vows for them, and, and they are doing well to this day. And so I'm saying to you, while I cannot guarantee this is going to work out, I'm telling you, there definitely is hope. And I'm strongly suggesting that you try not to react to what she's saying. Now, when it comes to the house, I have no suggestion there at all. That's when you need to talk to an attorney, find out what your rights are, what your rights aren't, what's good, what's bad, et cetera, et cetera. And try not to let her emotionalism lead you to do something that in the long run is not going to be good for you and in the long run is not going to be good for her. But that's where an attorney comes in. And that's when you talk to the attorney and say, can you help me think this thing through? I don't want to alienate her, but at the same time, I don't want to put myself in a bind or put her in an eventual bind. And I don't want to necessarily facilitate her doing things that are not good for her. And so will you please, as my attorney, guide me through this process? Because I can't help you with the house. The attorney can. But when it comes to the other thing, I'm saying, yes, there's hope, my friend. Don't panic. And and try your best to become – don't give up anything that's important to you. Become better than you've ever been, my friend.
0: That's what I'm trying to do. And I ha- I didn't do a lot of this stuff. I would react to it, but then I listened to a lot of the smart contact. And she Good. was like Christian values. I mean, this is something that, you know, her – some of her family are missionaries. And, you know, yeah. to do something like this is, you know yeah. – we I never deal thought I'd be in this situation. Yeah.
1: Well we do with people who are very religious people who do things like this all the time. It's uh, I just hope that in the long run things work out for you, my friend. Unfortunately I'm running out of time and I've got several more people here, but right. you you can make this do what you know you need to do, my friend. Hang in there. Okay.
0: Okay, that's what I'm doing. And then just hey. with the mediation, if we go to that, just go through it, right?
1: yeah but that's um, where you you know having an attorney that guides you really can be a great benefit my friend can save you thousands and thousands of dollars but that's that's up to you okay okay all right all right andrew i'm so sorry for what you're going through my friend i really am all
0: right thanks a lot sorry if i didn't have the accent. We're-
1: uh oh, I, I already clicked that button when he started talking. I am so sorry, Andrew. I did not mean to cut you off. Oh, I'm so sorry I think about that. He was that.
4: apologizing about not having the accent you wanted him
1: to have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, let's see here. We're going to go to Texas. And again, Andrew, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Lisa from Texas, are you there?
5: I am. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, Lisa, I can. How may I help you today, my friend?
5: Well, first off, I want to tell you, I have been to your workshop and to anyone who thinks I might not want to go to this or I may feel judged, it was the best experience I personally have had. Wonderful. Uh, it made a big difference in me, the way I see the work, but just my
1: whole viewpoint. Good. I'm glad to hear that, Lisa. Thank you very much.
5: So, you know, my question at this point is we've been divorced currently for eight months.
1: Mm-hmm. Recently
5: in the past few months. We have uh, created a better relationship because we have two younger children. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I called back in October and spoke with with you and got your advice, and I was advised to speak with an attorney, and I Mm -hmm. did so, and I gained full custody of of our children in January. Since then, our Mm -hmm. relationship has grown tremendously. The problem is the relationship with the other woman is still ongoing, and in February, he moved to be with her. Hmm. So the week before he left, we were intimate, and his most recent visit in um, March, just a month ago, we spent the time together as a family. We, uh, we went to church together. We went to a, a birthday party for a member of my family. We had a really wonderful time together. Uh, Good. Our children actually walked in on us in, a, in the middle of an intimate moment, uh, which I'm grateful that was <laughs> with their father, but at the same time...
1: How old are the kids? They're
5: younger. They're 7 and 10, and they're very inquisitive and uh, literally unlock <laughs> sure the door and just barged in. Hmm. So they saw this. The big issue is mm-hmm. that he visited this past weekend, this time with his mother. Hmm. I, I'm aware at this point that his mother does not know that our relationship had gotten better. He talked about coming home, how he wasn't happy where he was. Uh, mm-hmm. but this past weekend, it was, it was different, and our kids came home disappointed and uh, mm-hmm. he is he's now angry with me because his mother's angry she doesn't know the full story which you know I don't I don't feel that I need to explain that to her that's no not my I problem. Mean, what do
1: you, yeah what do you gain from that I mean right, nothing, okay nothing
5: at all. between exactly and, but my, my problem is he wants this other woman to be a part of the lives of our children our children don't understand why dad is cheating on her with mom, talking Mm -hmm. to them about coming back and being a family. And that's a boundary I set in in order for our children to be a part of your relationship, then you need to be honest with her because the kids know what happened. If you aren't honest, I am not going to allow them to be put in a position where they could potentially say something that may cause an issue. Uh Is that a wrong boundary to set?
1: Remember that when we, we stopped using the word boundary some times ago when we started to use the word stop. And stop sends for safeguards that offer protection. In other words, it's not my trying to control somebody else's behavior. It's my putting in uh, right. like this can't happen because there's something that's bad's going to happen. So a safeguard that offers protection. Now, the safeguard that offers protection can offer protection to you and it can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, it can be protection for him, the spouse himself. For example, if a guy's drinking and you say, you know, th- this can't happen anymore, that safeguard that offers protection is also for him, but it's also for the kids. Safeguards that offer protection are like, I need to protect my kids. Now, what I just heard you say was that you don't want your kids to be in a situation where they're the ones that inadvertently cause a problem because they say something that's gonna set the other woman off. And so what I heard you yes. say is that you want to do this because you're trying to protect your children. Is that correct?
5: I am. I am. I, that is my biggest concern, without a doubt.
1: See, that's valid. If, if you were saying, I'm going to put this as a boundary just because I'm pissed off at him or pissed off at her, I'd go, eh, you probably should rethink that. But when you say, I'm doing this because I want to protect my children, I'm going, you do what you need to do to protect your children. Now, obviously, I can't tell you what to do. But I'm telling you that based on that, what you just said, I think it makes a lot of sense. And there's, there's, you don't want your children to be in a situation where that they are the bad guys and maybe they hear something they don't need to hear, et cetera, et cetera. And so it makes sense to me. Now, have you told him that yet? Uh,
5: I have, uh, actually, you know I've made a big deal about this just don't don't cross those two together until everything is in the open and he literally went off on me uh, last night that mm-hmm. I was just using that as a method of control and that's not the case if I have allowed the intimacy to happen in our time as a family to happen because I want him to understand that we could make that work because there was a, a part of me that felt that we could that is yeah. really trying for aspect of it when we're together and have that time mm-hmm. but then the kids are twice as confused when they come back and well, mom sure is are. made out to be the horrible person and dad yeah. is not telling the truth
1: right. and they
5: don't know what happened to dad why wasn't dad like he was last
1: time yeah i, I get it at least it makes sense to me but you understand that when people don't get their way they often accuse the other person of being controlling like you're just trying to control me and that's often I mean that's very very common that people say when they're not getting what they want now did you explain to him okay but I'm doing this for the sake of my children did you say those words to him
5: oh I absolutely have on more than one occasion it it would not be such a bad thing had the kids not actually walked in on it but they've (laughs) also talked about it as well Uh, Mm -hmm. and and that's Because for them, that was a moment that they were excited to see. They were excited when they they saw dad hold my hand in in church. But it's like, uh, you know, what I I spoke with him about over the past month is because we've talked a lot more than we have in a long time. We've given each other a lot of bricks. Mm -hmm. He's told me how he's not happy, how it doesn't feel right with her, and I don't understand how it could when he's not having an honest relationship. I made it clear yeah. that if that's what he wants, and he's going to build a life with her, that I respect that. But he needs to be honest in order to do so, and in order to make sure our children are a part of it.
2: But okay. it's
5: like a, I feel like a fish that is on a line that you know is is literally being dangled. But he's told me in <laughs> other time, be patient with me, be patient with me. But the behavior of him toward me with his mother here this past weekend was very hurtful. I'm uh, sure it was. It, uh, it I'm so sorry a very that happened.
1: Yeah, I'm so sorry. I have
5: no idea what action you know, to take from here.
1: Yeah, well, sometimes I wish we could take all the parents and, and lock them away for a couple of years in these situations because some parents do great things and help out a lot and some parents just make things a whole lot worse. And I'm sure it's because of the fact that, well, anyway, we don't need to justify or blame her either way.
5: Ignorance <laughs> is bliss. And if you aren't aware of the situation, you can't react properly to it and that's all it is. She doesn't know.
1: I know. That's I get all. that. And, and and so thank you for being gracious toward her. Uh, it. I don't know what you do other than what you've done. You've made your position clear. You've said, okay, then I'm going to prevent the kids from being in this situation until you go ahead and tell her. And it's for the sake of the kids. I hope that when he blew up on you and came back at you that you remained calm. Did you?
5: I did. I did. I've gotten Good. better with that over the years. And thank God Good. for the workshop. I learned a whole lot about that um, <laughs> okay. and, and didn't Good. react in a way. Nasty. Wonderful.
1: Wonderful. I don't know that there's anything else for you to do right now, but wait, I mean, one way or the so other. I mean, again, hmm? I'm sorry. When
5: he comes back again to visit and, uh, you know, say that he's by himself this time and he tries to engage in some type of intimacy or, or anything like that. Am I mm-hmm. supposed to continue to allow this? I don't know com- what the right example is for my kids.
1: You see, that's completely up to you. Completely up to you. Uh, I'm assuming that the kids aren't going to walk in on you making love again. I'm assuming that you're going to lock that door next time. Okay. And, the door and therefore.
5: Time. That's the problem. They unlocked the, they unlocked the
1: door. They unlocked the door.
5: They unlocked the door. Yes, sir. They did. They did.
1: Oh, uh-huh. well, that's, that's a different situation. It, here's here's the deal. This, this, it sounds like it. The stop that you built or that you've already put in place is you have to tell her or the kids can't come around her because I don't want them in that situation. You didn't build a stop saying, Oh, and until you deal with that with her, you can't come here and do that with me. Now, if you feel that it's unfair to the children that when he comes back, that you're intimate with him again, because they'll figure that out. Then if you want to build a stop and say that can't happen either, I'm saying right here, really check your own motivation because if it's because you really are truly protecting the children and, by the way, no motivation is 100% pure. But if most of it is you're protecting the children, then mm-hmm. if you want to set that stop, it makes sense. On the other hand, if it's like, well, but we're making progress and he's coming back to me, I can still stand to my stop that I'm not going to let the kids go over there until that woman knows. But if he wants to come here and, and be with us, then because that's moving us in the right direction, I'm, I'm going to let that happen. You can do that if you wish. Just look and decide which. And because you're, what I hear you saying is everything right now is about the kids. So think about okay, do the kids get hurt if they see us acting as a family again? If that's going to no, hurt No, they're them?
5: happy. They're so happy. That's yeah. what makes it so difficult to, to lay that top down. It, our, right. it's, it's an amazing feeling for for all of us.
1: For all of us. But when it does
5: the disappointment they experience is worse.
1: I know that. I have no doubt about that. So I can't advise you on what to do about when he comes around. Um, If it were I, I probably would. But that's not saying that you should, because I don't know your kids. I don't know how they're thinking. I don't know how they're acting and reacting. I think the first one makes all the sense in the world. If you want to make the second one, it makes sense, too. It really does. Or if you think, well, but I think it does the kids more good. If we act like a family when he comes around. That's the decision that only you can make. I certainly can't. But you know what?
5: But if it were you, if it were you, I would love to know your stance.
1: If it were I, I would be intimate and let the family thing happen because it'd be pulling him closer back to us and further away from her. But well it, it has just,
5: every single time. I'm sorry? It, it, def, it definitely has worked that way every single time, but that move still hasn't been made. And I asked him how it feels to live a double life, and he, he admitted that it's hard and it's difficult, and he's not happy with it. But he's yet Good. to change it either. And the best apologies yeah. change behavior, but having the courage to do so
1: is the problem. Well, I agree. I agree, But When you deal with a person who's been in a just remember it takes a while for a person to work out of that. I mean, it typically it doesn't end like that. It takes a while to do whatever. I'm I'm just convinced right. that you're going to do the right thing, no matter what. I've just got I've got confidence in your judgment, young lady.
5: Uh, I I haven't always been this way. It took the workshop for me to get a better sense of judgment.
1: <laughs> well, but I'm listening to you now. I think you're I think you're thinking really well, and so I'm listening to you now. I'm thinking that you'll make the right decision, whatever it is. I'm with you. Okay. One way or the other.
5: Thank you, Dr. Beam. I do appreciate your time.
1: You're very welcome. You take care, Lisa. You do the same. Okay. Oh, I meant to tell her. Might want to figure out how to get a different lock there, Lisa. You do want to do one more, Jesse? Mm-hmm. Jesse's our producer. We have one more we'll get to here. And here we go. This is Valerie in North Carolina. Hi, Valerie. How can we help you?
6: Hi. Um <clears throat> I just wanted to get your perspective, uh Dr. Beam. Um I'm my divorce was just finalized and um mm-hmm. from the time that my uh husband said he didn't want to work on our marriage, he has been mm-hmm. very uh focused on that. Not at all wavering. Um mm-hmm. but he has a his his business partner is also his girlfriend and they they were I don't know if they were involved before we separated, but you know, they've been involved consistently since that point, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, I I guess I just wanted to get some advice on how how do I proceed, you know, now that we are divorced, and, you know, he hasn't shown any interest in trying to reconcile. He hasn't been willing to do anything, and he's never wavered from that, so mm-hmm. the way that you describe Leverence, you, um, I mean, it, it seemed like in the beginning he had some of those mm-hmm. uh, characteristics, but Mm -hmm. they've been together consistently for so long. I just wonder if he's moved past that and he Mm
1: -hmm. is
6: going to move on and maybe I should move on.
1: Okay. Uh, How long has he been in that situation with her?
6: Uh, Since December of 2016.
1: Okay. So two and a half years almost.
6: About two and a half years. Uh, he moved out almost two years ago. It's been almost two mm-hmm. years since he moved out and we separated mm-hmm. and um, our, our divorce was just finalized.
1: Right. Now, I can't tell you whether or not he's in limits. There's no way for me to know. I do know that statistically mm-hmm. it lasts somewhere between three months and 48 months. And so two and a half years into it, it, it could still be a limit relationship. But what I'm hearing you say is that you're ready to move on. Is that what I heard?
6: No, I I mean I don't want to move on. I would I would like, you know, I think that we can work on things. He just has we like, I feel like we never we well, we never had the chance. He would never go to counseling. He wouldn't do right. anything. Like once he made up his mind, he was done. And so mm-hmm. I I guess I was just wondering because he's always kind of stood his ground. He hasn't wavered at least mm-hmm. to me. You know, if maybe maybe he's in a different situation and he really knows what he wants and he's just you know he's really moving on.
1: Well, he, he has moved on, but that doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean he's going to keep on that path. Do you have any contact okay. with each other about anything?
6: Uh, Yes, we have three young kids. So we have a lot of contact, Um, you know, not, not any deep, deep conversation, but we, we,
1: mm-hmm.
6: because of the kids have to talk all the time.
1: Okay. And you're familiar with our concept of the pies, P I E S. Yes. Okay. Then, based on what you're saying that you still would love to put this back together is what I hear you say, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Then my suggestion is you don't have to be in a hurry. If I may ask, how old are you? 46. Okay. So you're still a young woman. All right. You sound pretty intelligent to me, which means that if you decide <laughs> to move on, you do, you sound smart. You just sound smart. Okay. You, uh, okay. <laughs> if you decide to move on, then then you have plenty of time to do that. If I may ask, that woman that's involved with your husband, how, uh, what age difference, if any, is, is there between the two of them?
6: Maybe a year, not even, you know, maybe a year or two. Um, and mm-hmm. one of the things that he mentioned about, you know, they're they, they are business partners, so they work together, and, you mm-hmm. know, he finds their work to be very meaningful. And so, I, you know, that's something that definitely I'm not, you know, I'm not skilled in what he does. And so... Mm-hmm. I think that you know, kind of further, or at least it seems like it further cements their relationship. It
1: could, it could, and as far as you know, any plans for them to wed?
6: You know, I am wondering about that because, you know, I mean, he's very anxious to get to to move on, so uh, that, may mm-hmm. in, that may be and that may be coming on the horizon. He has not said, but you know, he's introduced mm-hmm. the kids her as his girlfriend yeah. and so I know I mean I, I think he's serious
1: okay well if if he indeed marries this woman then that's pretty clear it's like okay right he's, he's definitely mm-hmm. moved on it's time for me to move on as well uh when you say move on uh I assume that means dating and things like that for you
6: well I guess yes eventually I'm not ready or interested in doing that now but I guess just to give up my stand you know do I at what point mm-hmm. do I say okay you know, let me shift my focus away from, from trying to reconcile or wanting to reconcile and just, you know, just about my own future and, you know, what what's in store for
1: me. Okay, if you phrase it that way, I'd say now. Let me let you see if I can make okay. that make sense. It's when people are focusing on trying to save a marriage or trying to, foc- uh, or trying to reconcile a marriage, when they focus on that is when they're more likely to do the things that keep it from actually coming back together. It's when a person can focus on himself or herself. In this case, let's just talk about you. So when you focus on you, like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep growing with the pies, physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. I'm going to become the best I can be. I'm going to start looking toward my future. What, what can I do that's fulfilling for me? And where I can also take care of my children and those kinds of things. Typically, when people do that they actually become more attractive to the other person. Now I'm not saying that means you necessarily give up on the possibility of the marriage coming back together at some point, but, but if you're focusing, if you're focusing just on reconciliation, you're more likely to do the things that are not advantageous either to you or to the reconciliation. And so if you're, Mm -hmm. if you're phrasing it that way and, and the fact that you're not ready to date yet, I think that's actually a good thing. So take your time, work on the pies for you, love your kids, Begin to enjoy life with other people, your friends, your buddies, you go out to eat with or whatever else that you do, have that kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And when the time is right and some guy comes along in life and wants to take you out, uh, you've learned a lot. You've learned a lot about relationships. And so use that wisdom when you do finally decide to start dating. Now, what I hope happens in the meantime is that that Limerick thing, if it's still Limerick begins to fade and he looks at you Mm -hmm. and goes, wow, that's the woman that I was married to. And look what's happening to her. She's growing. She's developing. Valerie's becoming the, even better than she was before. And right. And if, if you're still available, when that other thing falls apart, if it does, if you're still available, then that increases the likelihood he'll come back and start asking you, can I spend time with you? Can I be around you? And, and then it's your decision. If you decide to do mm-hmm. that, and then you slowly put it back together, you'll have a great marriage. And so based on what you're saying, I'd say now, you start taking care of you, focusing on your future, and don't necessarily give up on the idea that the marriage could be reconciled, but don't make that your purpose and goal. Make the purpose and goal of you being the best you can be, my friend.
6: All right. That sounds good. Thank you.
1: I think you're going to do great, Valerie. I have confidence in you.
6: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Okay. You're welcome. All right. We've gone a little bit over time today and uh, we still have tons of callers out there. I'm so sorry. Jesse's trying to teach me how to answer questions faster so we can get to more callers and we'll try to do that. Or maybe we'll just have to expand the program to 18 hours. What do you think? Yeah, that's good. 20, 24-7. <laughs> A 24-7 program. <laughs> I am Dr. Joe Beam. Check out our website at marriagehelfer.com. We'd love to talk to you. If you want to call our office, it's, uh, there are eight, our toll-free numbers on the screen. For those of you listening, let me describe it to you. Our toll-free number that just disappeared Let's see if I can get it over here. It's 866 That's 866 if we can help you. And if you go to youtube.com slash marriage helper, you can see a ton of our videos there. Thank you so much for being with us today.